This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, climate change, farming, gardening, and food. Well, with with the weather finally starting to warm up, all of us gardeners and wannabe small farmers are getting started with the season. So I thought my next guest, Joe Magazzi, small businessman here in Connecticut, would be helpful to everyone looking to do the right thing by our gardens organically. Joe is a good friend of mine and WPKNs. Joe owns and operates Green Earth Ag and Turf up in Brantford, Connecticut. And he's online at growitnaturally.com where his company sells proven and easy organic products for plants, turf, and trees. I personally rely on Green Earth to get quality products for my garden, and I love that Green Earth is a supporter of WPKN, providing premiums to us to help raise funds for the station. Joe knows a whole lot about how to do things on your property without chemicals. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be back. And you guys are doing great things at WPKN and I love your show. We'll listen to all the great things you're doing there. Okay. Well, thanks for coming back. We need yeah. advice now and then, and you've got a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> so this is be the start of your busy season. What are the customers looking for as they get their gardens going right now with all this warm weather we just got now? <laughs> Yeah, it's well, it's been a challenging couple of years. Two summers ago, we had too much rain. Last summer, uh, you know, record drought. And then this this spring started about a month early. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a challenge for us logistically getting products in. But And then it got warm and wet. So now diseases have popped up. Garden and turf diseases are popping up early. So there's always something. The You know, the global weirdness, and you introduced me to that term, um, has changed things both ways, you know. Um, it's it's been interesting. So yeah, you can't um, rely on the farmer's almanac anymore. <laughs> no, no, and you know, like since I've been doing this for 14 years now, the zones have changed. You know, two three times we we're seeing insects and disease up this way. You know, you and I are in the New England northeast area that you know maybe when i started hadn't been seen north of the carolinas or something like that so it's been a challenge for us and the entomologists to stay on top of things and and there's you know new challenges every year and different challenges and and you think you have it straight and you learn otherwise <laughs> so so what um, are your customers looking for are they are looking more to amend the soils right now or are they looking more to corral some of the pests that are coming at them a little bit of both, you know, like since March, it's really start amending the soils. You know, we always stress, and I know a lot of people on your show talk about it, soil testing. And I always tell people, if you go to the doctor and you don't feel well, the first thing the doctor is going to do is take a blood sample. They're not just going to prescribe a drug to you. Um, they don't know if it's diabetes or it could be something else, could be a vitamin deficiency. Best thing you can do, whether you're doing your turf or your garden, is to do a soil test. And based on the soil test, whatever your deficiencies are, um, and then you can address those with the amendments and fertilizers um, that you're talking about. In some cases, it could be organic matter, which is really the difference between sand and soil is the organic matter in there and the nutrients that the organic matter keeps around. So you do a soil test, It's they're cheap, maybe 20 bucks, 30 bucks for a good one at the most. A lot of states actually do them for free through your extension centers or your ag stations or universities. And based on that, we have certain amendments for certain deficiencies and you address them directly. And it saves you money long-term because you're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall, throwing everything in the soil. 
some things were, which may actually be more detrimental than otherwise. So yeah. you get a soil test and yes. And then right now people are looking at those amendments to address their deficiencies or just general fertilizers. And um, then we sort of handle the disease and pests and other things as they pop up. Well, let's talk to the person out there listening who is sort of a little bit lazy about it, wants a fast food solution for <laughs> right. the soil. You know, every year I, I always tell people it's the soil is like the stomach of the plant. You got to put food into the stomach and because every year exactly. the plant's taking it out of the soil. So you can't right. expect to get good results if you don't help the soil every year. You can grow, in my opinion, in the same spot over and over again, as long as you're amending with compost and all kinds of other stuff. What are the, some of the things that you have that uh, people ha are find helpful to amending the soil? So we have, and not just us, but wherever you are, a good general organic fertilizers. Organic fertilizers are actually better than synthetics. Synthetic fertilizers are salt-based and organics have organic matter in them. So what happens is you put in a heavy fertilizer, um, you know, that's synthetic, that's salt-based. And as soon as the weather dries up, like last year, the salt suck water away from the plants or the trees or the turf. So a good organic general low numbers, the three numbers on it, like a six, three, four would be perfect for most soils in this part of the country um, is great. Uh, that's not too much of anything to get you started if you don't do a soil test. Things like azomite, I know a lot of people on your your show talk about it. Um, there's powdered and, and granular azomite that you can put in that builds a lot of the micronutrients. Where the I've become, a, I've become a, a believer in that stuff, yeah. It, it's a great thing. And there's what are called macronutrients. So when you buy a bag of fertilizer, let's say it says 5-5-5, that's the percentage of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Those are the macronutrients. Um, micros, things like azomite will address other amendments. We have potash if you have a potassium deficiency. So really people can call us or email us. Uh, we have a lot of people even send us their soil tests and we can, we can prescribe essentially the right thing to fix your soil and fix it quickly. pH is another thing. You can add lime or if your pH is low, which is very typical of this part of the country, that's another thing this time of the year people are doing. If your organic matter is low, worm castings or compost are great. We we tend to favor, we work with a company with worm castings that manually heats the castings. So because the, the big problem with compost, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing, is the weed seeds. There's a ton of weed seeds a lot of times in compost. So uh, we work with a company called Worm Power that actually cooks it manually, so you don't have to worry about the words worm seeds. Um, but people doing their home own compost at home is great. Um, you want to read about balancing it with nitrogen and carbon correctly. Um, too much of something can certainly burn your plants. Sure, you got to watch that for sure. Exactly. So there, there is a science to it, like everything. So that's that's what people are generally doing this time of the year based on the soil test. If not. We could just do like a mixture of azomite, a good general organic fertilizer, and maybe a little lime in certain parts of the country. And and that generally would be the, we know nothing ahead of time, sort of one size fits all prescription. Sure. Yeah, I use the the kelp meal too, because that's very gentle, but it gives you some good mm -hmm. nitrogen and along with the worm castings. I I, I have my own worms. I They call it, all my friends call it <laughs> Kevin's crap. <laughs> Can I have some more of Kevin's crap? And I'm sure. Exactly. Plants like things that stink, right? Like really <laughs> manure or 
compost any of that right <laughs> yeah well if you do it right worm castings don't really stink so it's it's right it's, but the other thing sort of our relationship started over the the product quantum growth you know a beneficial bacteria in a bottle you know uh, right. tell a little bit about that because i really like that stuff and i use it as a foliar and on the roots all the time and i just think it bacteria help break it all down and provide it to the plant Absolutely. You know, 14 years, that's been the one product um, we haven't been able to replace on our shelf because nothing has come close to it. And it really is people don't think about addressing the living part of the soil. And if you think about soil, it's really made up of water, the nutrients that we just talked about with your fertilizers, azomite, everybody does that. Um, the chemistry part, you know, the pH, but people don't think about the living part. People understand probiotics for humans now a lot more. And I always say, Plants have a stomach as well, and it's the soil to essentially digest their food, like you said previously. And we don't think about adding probiotics to the soil like we do to ourselves. And I give a lot of talks or write throughout the country. And when I do, I always show a picture of a plant with a stomach and the stomach goes away and it's next to a human stomach. And I show humans have mechanical digestions. We have long, you know, yards and yards and yards of intestines. We have a pH of two in our stomach, so we chemically digest, and a plant doesn't have any of that. So if you think about the value of probiotics for a human and how important it is and how doctors now give it, and a lot of people supplement that, it's it's much, much more important for a plant because they don't have the other parts of the digestion that we do. So sterile soil without beneficial microbes in the soil, you get zero value from the fertilizer. So as you supplement the probiotics in the soil, which is what quantum growth does, it's basically beneficial microbes, then everything in the soil becomes better. The nitrogen right. becomes utilized better. Uh, the phosphorus becomes utilized better by the bacteria. It doesn't run off into here, the Long Island Sound, where we are, or any water body near you. You're, and it gives you a better value for your money. Your, your fertilizer costs skyrocketed the last couple of years. Um, Unbelievable. Right. You add the probiotics and they're cheap. You can one third, one quarter or less of the fertilizers needed. So it actually is a huge um, return on investment. And we so. should say also, you should try to bring bacteria from your surroundings. You can make things uh, up, you know, by soaking stuff. I have a cousin in Ireland does that. You can. There's a lot of people who will show you how to make teas, but you got to use them really quick. And but you want to get some bacteria into your garden, and this is one quick way. If you're, you know, as I say, sometimes I'm lazy enough that this stuff works better <laughs> and quicker it, for me. <laughs> it, it's more stable. It's you know. It's three years shelf stable. You don't need to brew it yourself. You don't need to be a microbiologist. Um, people that do teas well, they they really studied it and learned about it. Right. Like we talked about with the compost, there's a science. This is the easy way. This is what a lot of our pros use. I mean, we we send quantum growth to Disney properties. We've uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, Miami Dolphins use it. These these are people. The only green they're interested in is green in their wallet and results, and they're using it. It's not because they're organic. It's because it, it really crosses over. And the, the benefits are huge across the board, what it can do. And it's easy. You dilute it an ounce per gallon of water, and you spray a foliar drench, however you get it out. And you'll see results in some of the orchid growers love it too. Sure. Uh, and I yeah. use it with stuff like Neptune's Harvest fish, uh, uh, fish uh, kelp 
mixture with the quantum growth and i find it really just does wonders for my plants everybody's very happy and i believe as i know you do that a healthy plant is a pest-free plant and that's the next thing we're going to talk about is pests but first i want to say this is joe magazzi with me of green earth ag and turf if i know anything is basically because i learned it from joe he taught me a whole (laughs) bunch of stuff so anything coming out of my mouth that he's responsible for (laughs) that's not true vice versa (laughs) <laughs> so anyway uh joe let's now get talk about pests that's something that can ruin any gardener's good day i mean don't you agree that a really good healthy plant is pretty resilient to to pests but there are some that come in and you got to deal with them yeah any you know anybody that wants to drill down deeper look up the term trophobiosis uh a pest starves on a healthy plant it, it's been proven over and over it's it's a neat count just like healthy people don't get sick as often um but when you do get pests, and even the healthiest, sometimes the pressure, the environment, weather conditions, you can still get pests, you can still get disease. Um, there are there have been nice advances in the organic world. Beetles, Japanese beetles are a huge pest. You know, just beginning of July, they come out and in two days, they can skeletonize a rose plant, for example. You, you, you nurtured these roses through the spring and two days, they look like skeletons. There's great now, they're actually beneficial bacteria come natural from the soil and they concentrate them, spray them on the plants, beetles ingest them. Um, and you know, we're talking about the turf, you could spray that same bacteria in your turf for the grubs, which are the larvae of the Japanese beetles and other beetles, and they're dead within a day or two and they stop feeding immediately, but it will not harm a bee or a pollinator. It will not harm uh, beneficial nematodes, which also kill grubs in the soil. So there, there are really truly silver bullets that have exceeded even the chemicals because these will kill just the pest and not the rest, as we like to say. And you keep nature systems intact to defend against the, the pest. So people that are really doing things organically and are nurturing the right beneficials um, tend not to get the, the pests or the diseases for that. And then there are, there are also advances in more chemical, I, I hate to use the word chemical, but they're not synthetic chemicals, they're naturally derived chemicals. Something like spinosad that comes naturally from a bacteria will generally kill pests and use the right way you spray it at night when pollinators are in, it doesn't get inside the plant. Um, so you can have, you could spray it on a plant a beetle will ingest it and die or any pest, you know, things like a lot of the borers that are out there, a lot of the things um, that are affecting squash beetles, things like that. You spray it on, it will kill them. And you spray it at night when bees aren't around and it won't affect the pollinators. So I like that. Got, uh, yeah. Kill the pest, not the rest. That's something right, that exactly. all of the world has got to get into because we're killing way too many of the rest. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you drive down the road, like, when you know, People our age were kids. And I mean, you had to clean your window every night when you got home from all the bugs and you just, that doesn't happen anymore. Right, and the bees this year, I have not seen many yet. Although I saw some today on one of my flowering plants. It it definitely saw some bees, but it's, they're scarce. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary as I'm worried about it. So, you know, what do you offer for the homeowner who wants uh, organic landscape products and some of the common problems? We already talked about beetles. I I didn't know that grubs were later beetles, (laughs) but, you know, killing the grubs in my lawn is going to tick off the uh, raccoons because they come by and the next morning (laughs) I've got 20 holes in the yard because they're eating the grubs. (laughs) It's funny. I tell people we get two types of phone calls in the the fall. It's 
either the one in September where people see the moles and the birds and the skunks digging up their yards or the raccoons. I mean, overnight, birds and skunks can devastate a lawn. And that's the good phone call I tell them because those are the indicators that you have a grub infection that are eating the roots of your turf. And we treat with the products called grub gone. It's the same, I talked about the beetle gone. Um, it's a bacillus strain of bacteria, um, bacillus thuringiensis. And um, you spray that in a lawn, kills the grubs. The second phone call we get is more towards October when somebody goes to mow their lawn and um, it's coming up like tumbleweeds. There's just no roots left from the grubs killing it. And these products still work. They won't kill anything beneficial. A good thing to do for grubs is to scout in August, September. You take out just a square foot of lawn and right under the surface, you'll see grubs. If you have less than 10 grubs per square foot, you really don't need to treat. That's a natural controlled infection. If you have more than get this product down, it's a lot cheaper than, than replacing the turf. I recently had the godfather of organic landscaping on here, Mike Nadeau. Uh, Nadeau, rather, is uh, is really a, a great guy and not very knowledgeable. So Mike Nadeau says that the best thing you can do to get rid of weeds and stuff is to mow high. So he recommends exactly. over three inches. And so right. I, right now, my lawn, I'm letting it grow because I'm going to do what he said and see what happens. It looks, you know, it looks, everything's green. I, I, if my lawn's green, I'm happy. It could have all kinds of stuff in it i don't care but so other than mowing high what what how do about feeding and weeding a lawn right. that you're trying to make organic right and mike is the godfather of organic land care one of them and uh um, i agree with him 100 mow high i have pictures of one inch two inch three inch mowing done by university and the amount of crabgrass in the one inch versus the three inch it's spectacular. cheapest thing you can do it costs you nothing but if you do get weeds, and, and you still will, um, we have a great iron-based product. It's, it's basically iron. It flows, it's the basis of our blood. Um, you put it out on the lawn, it'll kill the broadleaves, it'll kill dandelions, um, and things like that in your lawn, plantain, without harming the turf. And then the one, you know, more people call us because they're concerned about their pets. You know, they're, they're running around in the lawn they had a dog that got cancer and the vet's telling them it's salon chemicals. That's a great product you can use. Um, it's called Fiesta or Captain Jack's Lawnweed. And we also have another product. A lot of people call it the number one call we get is I don't want to use Roundup. I heard about Roundup and glyphosate. Oh, yeah. So terrible. We have right, we have a we have a product called Final Sand, or that's actually called the Captain Jack's Deadweed. Um, they're based on soap, fatty acids. Um, organic labeled, you spray them and they will burn down um, any weed. You can't spray that in the lawn because it'll kill grass too, but that's great for patios, walkers. <laughs> I, I, one time I sprayed the weeds themselves and I woke up in the morning, I had a polka dotted lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people do that, you know, it gets bad and, and people actually will burn down their lawn, we call it. They, they spray that kill all the weeds in the ground and then it works it definitely it works does. and if you have yeah. a lot of bricks and cracks and stuff like that it works on all that kind of stuff or if you have like a large area with a lot of broadleaf you want you want to just burn it down like joe said you know roundup is such a scourge you know it's just it permeates everything now because it gets in the water it gets in the rain it's just terrible these chemicals are being banned in a lot of parts of the country you know here in new England, there's laws coming out um a lot of the neonics are being banned in Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut. There's legislation out or they're banned. So yep. they're running out of solutions. And it's, it's a good thing, you know, and they're finding, hey, these things really work. And um, they're getting away without them. So um, that that's another 
consideration, especially on the professional side. Um, but at home, they, they you just can't use the things you used to be able to anymore. Well, we've run out of time, Joe. You know, we've just scratched the uh, surface of all the products that you can get. That I mean, this is a, a, a guy who checks them out, finds out if they work, and then he recommends products. So if you need some advice, give Joe a call up there at Green Earth Ag and Turf in Brantford, Connecticut. He also has growitnaturally.com. And I, you know, Joe has forgotten more than I ever remember or knew about this stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good products from a good man who supports WPKN. And that's what we like. We want to support our local businessmen. So thanks for joining me, Joe Magazzi. Thanks for having me, Kevin. It's always great. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. To hear past programs anytime you want, visit the podcast section of WPKN.org. Thank you.